may be seated this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is not the will of God that anybody be lost without God. It has never been the will of God that any be lost without Him. But it is the will of God that everyone should come to repentance. It is possible to live my life outside of the will of God, accomplishing my will and doing what I want to do. And God will not stop mankind from doing what they want to do if they choose to be lost, if they choose sin over righteousness, if they choose the, uh, the God of, of this world over the true one living God. He will not force us to do anything, but he, he hopes and he waits that, that somebody would make the decision to follow him. The Bible tells us, and I don't have this up there, but the Bible says that no man comes unto the Father except the Spirit draw him. Let me tell you this morning that every single person here today, you did not come here just because you made the decision to come, but our Savior was drawing you and he was pulling at your heart long before you realized what was happening and his, his spirit was tugging at your spirit and the thought that came to your mind I'm going to go to church today it was not there because you put it there but that thought is there because God put it there because he is not willing that any would perish but all would come to repentance Hallelujah. Are you thankful for the drawing of the Holy Ghost this morning? Hallelujah. I know that's something that we probably take for granted a whole lot, but it might be just appropriate for us to stop a moment and say, thank you, Lord, for drawing me into your presence one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for putting those thoughts in my mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for drawing me unto you. Hallelujah. The question is not, why would a loving God send people to hell? That is not the question. But Satan is, is, a, is a professional at taking an element of truth and trying to defame the character of God. The question is not, why would a loving God send people to hell? The question is, why would people with sin in their life reject the love of God that would save them and forgive them? Why is it that we would hear the word of God and, and choose to reject his love and choose to reject his word and choose to do things my way and choose a life of sin and selfishness and choose to live according to my will while rejecting his? It is not a question of why would God send people to hell, but every single person under the sound of my voice will stand before God one day and get 
give account for the words that we heard, especially even this day. And God will ask us, what did you do with the words that I sent you? What did you do with the word that was preached, the words that were, that were uttered, that, that entered into your ear and you began to think about them? And, and, and what, what did you do with the word that I sent your way? He, everybody will stand before God in judgment. Now this is a judgment-free zone. But this is not a warning-free zone. You will, you will stand before the God of the ages that created everything, that is omniscient, that knows every detail about every moment of your life, and we will give account unto him one day. I've come to tell you that while, while God is a God of mercy, he is also a God of judgment. He is a God not only of joy and kindness, but the Bible says he is slow to anger. That means some where within the, the components of who God is, there is a side to him that it, while it may take him a while to get there, he is a God that will eventually, after a period of time, become angry with the sins of mankind. I understand that's not popular pre to preach in 2020, but let me tell you that God is also a God of anger. But the Bible tells us it, he, he is slow to anger. That is not what he prefers to be. He does not prefer to be angry. That's why he is slow to anger. You read the story of Noah. I mentioned this recently that, that God spoke to Noah and said, I have looked, in so many words, he had looked through the land and the land was full of violence. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then he told Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. Here's how you're going to escape it. Follow these instructions. Follow these, uh, uh, these blueprints and you will escape judgment. And it took 120 years before the anger of God actually developed into judgment. So even in the anger of God, he did not hurry up and execute judgment. He was still, in, in, in one way, he was still offering mercy to mankind, even in his plan of judgment, hoping that mankind would turn it around, hoping that mankind would make the right decision and right the ship before it was too late. God always gives humanity a period of time to get it right before judgment comes. But let me tell you today that the Bible does tell us he is a God that gets angry from time to time. And I, and I personally, personally believe that especially in this period of time there has been so much sin that has gone uh, 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 that has gone on in the world that people have become proud of their sin and, and, and society flaunts their sin without any shame and without any guilt and, and without any regard for what it may, how it makes God feel about their actions and let me tell you that there is an angry God that is seeing all the sin in the world and slowly little bit by little bit the judgment of God has begun to be released upon the earth. Let me tell you that God is an angry God. He gets angry at sin. He does not hate people. He loves people, but he hates sin. He hates sin. He hates sin. And because Sin, and this is the reason why, sin separates God from man. That's why he hates it. 
because of sin he cannot have relationship with mankind it breaks the relationship when sin comes in it keeps him from being in relationship with his creation he is the creator and we are his creation and because we are the creation and he is the creator we do not have the we do not have the uh, mental capacity even though we think we do to look at God and say why would a loving God send people to hell we, we, we think, and in that pride and the arrogance of mankind, we, uh, uh, I say we as a whole, we tend to jump on our little soapbox and feel like we've got the moral high ground over our Creator. Let me tell you something. I don't care how straight we think, we do not have the moral high ground over our Creator. We cannot sit, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We cannot sit on our little high horse and think that we can judge God and tell Him what is moral and immoral, right and not right, righteous and unrighteous. He is sovereign. He is God. He is perfect and he is just. He says, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. He is the one that decides. We do not have the, the ability nor does he give us the luxury of judging him because he is the creator and I am the creation. A message preached years and years ago by an old preacher, sinners in the hands of an angry God. The problem is, is our generation has gotten away from the fear of the Lord. We don't fear the judgment of God. Just because we haven't been judged yet does not mean that judgment is not coming. And we have fallen into the trap of thinking because we haven't been judged yet that it's not going to come. And Satan has fooled a generation saying, God, now God's not going to judge it. God. And, 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 and what has actually happened is Satan has tricked the minds of mankind into thinking there's no judgment coming, which what we are actually experiencing is the mercy of God to give us time to get it together. God does not pour out judgment without first giving time for repentance. He is not going to pour out judgment upon the earth. And rest assured, he will pour out his judgment upon the earth. And it will happen. You can mark it down. But God is giving us a space of time. And I don't have time to get into it right now. But in the time of the Gentiles, before he turns his eyes back to the Jewish people, there is this space of time in the time of the Gentiles where he has turned his eyes towards us that are not a part of the original house of Israel. And he has turned his eyes towards the Gentiles. And he has grafted us into his people as the church and he what he is doing in the earth is he is giving us a space of time a space of time of mercy a space of time to repent because let me tell you judgment is coming he is a God of judgment he is a God of mercy but even in just this one scripture that I read in our, as our text, Psalm 103 and 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. If you just look and, and, and analyze just the words that are mentioned in the description of God, three out of the four words are merciful, gracious, and mercy one more time. Let me tell you, he does not want to be angry. God is not a God that just wants to be angry. He is not a God that just wants to pour out judgment. He is going to do it, but it's not what he originally wants to do. It, is, it, is not, it was not his desire to pour out judgment upon mankind. But there is, God, uh, let me just put it like this, God has a preference. 
God has preferences. He, he, his preference is to pour out mercy. His preference is to be gracious. His preference is to pour out his spirit. His preference is to so, show mercy upon those that come to him. His preference is to show grace unto those that would lift their voice unto him. It is his desire, not that ever, anyone should perish, but it is his desire that all should come to repentance. tell you, God is a good God. I know, I know I'm going in one direction, but let me just stop a moment and just say that God is a good God. He has all power in his hands. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees every detail of my life. He sees every sin that I have ever committed if it is not under the blood. There are folks here today that you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You have never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the weight of sin and the stain of sin is on your heart this morning. But rest assured, even though Jesus Christ looks at your life and sees the stain of sin every day of your life and sees every detail of every action that you've ever done. He has not struck you dead. He has not judged you yet. You know why? Because he's giving you mercy. He sees everything that you have done that is wrong, but still yet he stays back and says, I'm not going to judge them yet. I'm going to give them an opportunity to repent. I'm going to give them an opportunity to get it right. I'm not going to come down on them yet. I'm going to see if they will turn towards me. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Let me tell you that while the Bible says while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Knowing the full scope of our sin, knowing the full gravity of every decision we would make that was against his will and that was sin in his eyes, he still died for me. Let me tell you about preferential treatment. God is either going to judge or he is going to reward once we make it to the other side. But I choose today the preferential treatment of what he originally wanted to do. He does not want to judge you. He is not sitting here wanting to call every sin. He's wanting to cover you in his blood. He's wanting to forgive you. He's wanting to give you a fresh start. Hallelujah. If I can get the preferential treatment of the creator of the universe, that's what I'm going to go for. I don't know how you feel this morning, but I, I, I want mercy in my life. I want grace in my life. I want the Spirit of God in my life. I, I want His blood covering my life. I want His Spirit doing a work in my life. Hallelujah. It's an amazing thought to think that the God of the universe, knowing the end from the beginning, seeing my life before it had even yet begun, chose to die for me and make a sacrifice for me leaving the option and the decision up to me, not making me do anything, not trying to make me serve him, but giving me the opportunity and the option to come to him in repentance because it is not his will that any should perish, but it is his will that all would come to repentance. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Watch this. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This was the plan of God. He did. Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh to condemn us. He did not come simply to judge us and, 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 and to call out our sins so we would be ashamed of it. But he came into the world that the world through him might be saved. That's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to save. He wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. He wants to put your life together. He wants to give you hope where there is hopelessness. He wants to give you peace where there is chaos. He wants to give you beauty for ashes. He wants to give you the oil of joy for mourning. He wants to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to tell you, he's a good God. He could judge us at the drop of a hat. He could, he could end our life with just the moving of his finger. But here we sit today because of the goodness of God. Here we sit today because of the mercy and the grace of our Lord. Here we sit today with another opportunity because he's that good of a God to his people. Would you clap your hands and give him praise this morning? I'm thankful for the goodness of God. Every one of us could go through the little black book in our mind and remember every sin that we've ever committed just about or, or we remember the real big ones that we thought that, oh, this is it, I'm done for. This is, this is the last. God's gonna be done with me. But here we sit today after those big major sins that we thought was the end or we thought God would never forgive us or we thought we would never get beyond it. But here we sit today. And let me tell you why we sit here. Because he's full of grace and mercy we're not sitting here today some, somehow having avoided his anger and he tried to end our life but we somehow got around it no we're here today because he's slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy he's full of grace and mercy I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy of God let me tell you that if it weren't for the grace and the mercy of God, none of us would be here. And, and, and while God is a God that is slow to anger, and he does get angry, we, we, he does not prefer to be angry. He wants us to get it right. He wants us to take advantage of his grace and to take advantage of his mercy and his blood, to take advantage of the infilling of his spirit. He wants us to get it right. slow to anger but that doesn't mean he's not going to get angry there's a day of judgment coming and just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen but before that day of judgment comes I want to have I want, I, I want to have experienced his grace and his mercy and have walked in his grace and in his mercy every one of us in here today at some point in time have done something to somebody and you went to them later you said I'm sorry in so many words will you forgive me we even acknowledge this on a horizontal level that if I am to be forgiven I cannot forgive my own sin if I am going to be forgiven, if I have wronged you, you are the one that stands in the position to offer forgiveness. 
There is nothing I can do to forgive myself. I'm talking about a good God this morning. That no matter how little the sin was or how ginormous the sin is, Maybe that you that you wronged somebody or you did something against them. If there's going to be reconciliation, there must be forgiveness. And the person that is wronged has got to be willing to forgive and to drop it. And the only way that relationship can be restored is if the person that was wronged chooses to act like it never happened. You ever tried to have a relationship with somebody that you've done wrong and you could tell that they, they, they just couldn't get over what was done and they just wouldn't drop it? It hinders the, you cannot have a relationship with somebody. It is impossible to have a, a restored relationship. You understand what I mean? But God is a good God. He is slow to anger and he is plenteous in mercy. That when we come to him and when we need forgiveness, we cannot forgive ourselves. There's nothing I can say or do to bring forgiveness into my own life by myself. But God is a good God. And when we sin, the, the, you know, the, the big sins or the, the little sins, it doesn't matter what it is, we still stand in need of forgiveness. We cannot forgive ourselves. There's nothing, there's no good deed I can do to forgive myself. And there are people that will work themselves to death trying to erase their sins by doing good deeds. But the Bible tells us that, that good deeds are not going to save you. That it's not by works lest any man should boast. I'm not going to forgive my own sins by my good deeds. I, I, I have to have forgiveness. The, the person that I have wronged has to be willing to look at me and say, you are forgiven, now let's move on. But that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ wants to do for humanity is that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He was ready to forgive us even before we were born and we began to commit sins. That's the disposition of our God. God, is he already began to get himself ready because he was planning on forgiving sins. He was planning on wiping somebody's slate clean thousands of years before they were born. He looked into time and into eternity and saw you and I here today knowing full well that we would commit sins, knowing that what we were doing was wrong, but he already planned 2,000 years ago to forgive me of all of my sins. 1 John chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 says if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the goodness of our God is that when there is sin in our life and we have just blown it and we've done the worst one that we could have ever done we never saw ourselves going down that road and doing that sin and, and stooping to that level 
devil and, and, and doing all these things that, that we told ourselves we would never do. Let me tell you about the goodness of our God is while our sin demands a punishment and while our sin demands judgment, Jesus Christ, the mediator between God and man, steps in the way and says, I'll forgive you before judgment comes. I'll forgive you before it's too late. I'll wash you in my blood before it's all over. Our God is good. Can I get a little more monitor up here? Our God is good. He was already planning on forgiving you before you committed the sin. He was already planning on forgiving your sin. He already put the pieces in place, the sacrifice on the cross. When he, when he was there at Golgotha, he did not refuse to get up on the cross, but he crawled up on the cross, not opening his mouth and not rejecting the punishment for our sin. Let me tell you that our sin demand, demanded punishment. It demanded judgment. And so that's why Jesus Christ was born because there was no way to do away with the sin so Jesus Christ came in flesh and he got on the cross and he decided to die for you and I so that today in 2020 when we look back at what we did this week that we shouldn't have done that there would be atonement for my sin that I could come to him and I could confess my sin and I could bring it towards him and he would wash me and he would cleanse me and he would purify me of my sin because he's slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy. He sees us here today. He sees us in, in, in whatever situation we are in this morning. And he's come here to tell us that he would prefer to pour out mercy and grace. He does not prefer judgment upon anybody. He prefers to pour out mercy and grace, to be merciful and to be gracious towards us. He, that's what he prefers. His anger is something that comes slowly. Let me tell you that, that it's not God that, 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 that's speaking into your voice or speaking into your mind and telling you that God God will not forgive you that you've gone too far. It's not God that's bringing those thoughts into your mind that says you're a hopeless case and nothing can fix you and you'll never get, get beyond the sins of your past and you'll never get beyond uh, what's gone on in your life. Let me tell you, God is a good God. He is a gracious God. He is a merciful God. He is slow to anger and he is plenteous and mercy because he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but he came in the world that the world through him might be saved. And let me tell you this morning, you can't forgive yourself. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you focus on it, you cannot offer, you, you, there's nothing you can do. You are a hopeless case when it comes to forgiving yourself. You can't forgive yourself. We need someone to forgive us. got to do according to the word of God. So I've got to obey his word. The Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us 
when Peter stood before the, the, the audience and he and he was preaching about Jesus on the day of Pentecost. He's preaching about what, what Jesus did and, and how he was crucified. And they looked at Peter and they said, now when they heard this, they were convicted in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What he was telling them is you cannot forgive yourself. You have got to have the name of Jesus on your life for your sins to be forgiven, for your sins to be remitted. That was that was the act of Jesus forgiving their sins. Hear me this morning that everybody under the sound of my voice has had sin in your life. You have committed sin, the Bible says. If we say we have no sin, then we are a liar, then, then we have deceived ourselves. But if we come to him and we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins. You don't have to walk around with sin on your life. You don't have to go through life with the stain of sin on your heart. You don't have to go to bed at night thinking about the things that you did and the regrets that you have in your life. But in just a moment's time, every sin that you've ever committed can be forgiven by the God that robed himself in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and gave himself as a ransom for all of mankind. He did it because he wanted to forgive your sins. Can we lift our hands for just a moment and lift our voice to him and thank him for that right now? Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you that when the Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He is long-suffering toward to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that anybody should die and go to hell. People are going to hell by the minute. They are dying in their sin, and they are going to a devil's hell, not because that's what God designed to happen, but because sin is sending, is sending mankind to a place called hell. Sin is separating God from man and the only result left is a place called hell that is not God's original plan. It is not God's intention because the Bible tells us that hell was created for the devil and his angels that rebelled in heaven but because sin entered into the world uh, uh, it, it prevented mankind from having relationship with God and so God said okay I'm going to get around the issue. I'm going to completely get away from I'm going to completely get around this issue of man being separated from God and I'm going to come and I'm going to rope myself in flesh and I'm going to die and pay the ultimate price for for their salvation because he was not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance hear me this morning God is not wanting to send people to hell his preferential treatment is that we would receive his grace and his mercy is that we would receive his love and his forgiveness and that the blood of Jesus Christ would be applied to our life in the waters of baptism and by the infilling of his spirit for the Bible says if we will repent of our sins and we will be baptized in Jesus name that our sins will be forgiven and that when we receive the Holy Ghost we will receive life into our spirit 
Let me tell you this morning that God is still in the saving business today looking through all of the sin of mankind. Let me tell you this morning that while nobody else may know about the thoughts that you think and the deeds that you have done and maybe the words that you have said, my God knows every detail about your life. He sees every sin that you have ever committed. He sees every wrong that you have ever done in exact detail and he chooses to give you a chance. He chooses to give you an opportunity to say that you will be baptized in his name and filled with his spirit that you would receive his grace and mercy because he is slow to anger and he is plenteous in mercy Every one of us sit here today because of the grace and the mercy of God, whether we really realize it or not, whether we really understand it to the fullest or not, whether we have a complete comprehension of his love and his mercy, whether or not we do or not, God still gives us a chance. He still gives us time, a space of time to repent and to get it right and to get our sin under the blood. Let me tell you that God is not here just to to pour out judgment and anger in the earth. But 2,000 years ago, he concocted a plan and he put it together and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die that our sins would be forgiven. It is such a, 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 a great thing to know and to understand that thousands of years before my life ever came into being that he knew my life and he saw every fault and every failure and he said, I've already got an answer for it. I've already got something to cover his sin. I've already, got the, I already have forgiveness of sins and he, if he will obey my word... If he will do what I'm asking him to do and commanding him to do, there will be forgiveness of sin. Before you got here today, there was already a way made. There was already a plan. There was already a way of escape. The the word gospel means good news we are saved by the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ the good news is is you don't have to walk out the same way you walked in today you walked in with sin on your life if you were to get real honest with yourself, you go down the list of everything that you did that you know something about that wasn't right and I just felt bad and I felt guilty for it. You know what that is? That's the guilt, shame, and condemnation of sin. But there was already a plan in place for your guilt, for your condemnation, for your sin, for your wrong decisions. You stand in need of forgiveness today and you cannot forgive yourself no matter what you do. No matter how much you try to cover up your sin, it's still there. That's that's why no matter what good deeds you do, you can't shake the guilt. You can't shake the condemnation. You can't shake the shame. Because good deeds do not cover sin. Good deeds do not forgive sin. Good actions do not erase your sin. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ will will cover your sin. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ will forgive your wrongdoing. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, because it was not the will of God for you to die and go to hell. It is not the will of God that any perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's nothing like the goodness of God. There's nothing like the goodness of God. And that while we sit here today, feel the presence of God, God gives you the choice. 
they obey my word or will they reject it? The question for everybody here today, here's the reality of it. The question for everybody here today. We, we can never, nobody under the sound of my voice can ever say, why would a loving God send anybody to hell? Because now you have heard the message. So God would look at you one day and say, why did a person with sin on their life choose to reject the forgiveness of a loving Savior? that paid the ransom, that paid the price, and that paid the penalty for my sin. Let me ask you that today. Why would you reject His love? Why? Why? Let me tell you today that His love is there. His forgiveness is available. Let's stand to our feet right now. His mercy and His grace is in this room right now. The fact that you are breathing air that you don't pay a penny for. You ever, you ever stop just a moment to wonder, man, I have all of this free oxygen to breathe and it's just there for me. The blood that is coursing through your veins right now, you did not make a decision for that to happen. It just, it just happens, right? You can inhale and you can exhale. You know why? Because of the grace and the mercy of God. The blood that is running through your veins right now, carrying the oxygen for your lungs to your extremities, it is there because of the grace and the mercy of Almighty God. His grace is here. His mercy is here. Another opportunity is here. Another chance. that God is so good, He will give us chance after chance after chance. Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Another day after another day and a, a, another day. And another chance to, to receive His grace and to receive His mercy. Let me tell you, saint of God, you may have done something this past week that you're ashamed of. But guess what? He's a good God. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. You may, have, you may have sinned and committed sin or, or did not do what you should have done. But I'm thankful this morning that he's a merciful God and he's a gracious God. He's slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy. I wonder if somebody would join me around this altar right now. Oh, hallelujah. God's going to pour out his grace and his mercy in this place right now. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, you can experience the grace and the mercy of Almighty God here this morning. Oh, yes. God is so good, he would literally give you his spirit even though you have lived a lifetime in sin. All you've got to do is repent of your sin. All you've got to do is confess your sin and say, God, I've been a sinner. God, I've done a lot of evil things. But God, I'm turning from sin this morning. God, I'm rejecting sin this morning. And let me tell you, God will fill you with his spirit in this place right now. If you need remission of sins, you can be baptized in Jesus' name this morning. And every sin you've ever committed can be washed away. Because God is a good God. God is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He's looking to pour out mercy on somebody today. He's looking to display his mercy and his grace. I wonder if you would lift your hands to the Lord right now all over the building and lift your voice to him, saints of God, and just begin to thank him for his grace and his mercy. Begin to thank him for another chance and another opportunity this morning. 
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your voice in this place today. Hallelujah. That's it. Somebody talk to the Lord. The Lord is ministering to people right now. Hallelujah. All over this place. God is ministering to somebody right now. That's right. You may not completely understand it, but just receive it this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. He's slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. to give you the Holy Ghost. You don't have to earn it. Calvary paid the price for it. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill you this morning. He wants to fill you this morning. something real quick. There are, a number of pe- there are a number of people praying right now. If you're praying, stop for just a moment and listen to me. God's about to pour out his spirit in this place this morning. Okay? Stop for just a moment and just listen to me. We're going to pray a, re- a prayer of repentance together. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, number one, Jesus already paid the price for it. You don't have to beg. You don't have to ask. You're, you're not unworthy. That's not the, the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on Calvary makes us worthy struggle with this whole I'm not worthy let me just tell you something this morning the great thing and let me, let me look at it from the opposite direction we'll never get to a place where our good deeds will make us good enough to receive the Holy Ghost that's why His grace is so amazing okay so it has nothing to do with being worthy or unworthy it has everything to do with how good God is alright so this is what we're going to do we're going to pray a prayer of repentance together this morning will you pray with me If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want to receive it, there are a couple here that are about to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray out loud a prayer of repentance unto the Lord. I'm going to pray. You can repeat it after me. You mean it for you and I'll mean it for me, all right? But we're going to pray in sincerity to the Lord. Now, two things are imperative. One, that you let your voice out, okay, when we pray together. And God is going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If we repent and lift our voice, God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost, all right? You're about to get the Holy Ghost this morning. There's nothing blocking you from getting the Holy Ghost if we do what the Bible says, and the Bible just commands us to repent. Simple? All right, let's pray together. Would you, Lord Jesus, I repent right now 
of every evil word, of every evil deed, and every evil thought. I repent of everything that I did not even know was wrong. Lord, I turn from sin. I renounce sin. And I turn towards you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to obey your word. And I'm going to live in what you're taking me into. Thank you for hearing me, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that in sincerity, God heard your prayer this morning. Now this is what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands as high as you can get them all over the building and lift your head like you're looking up to heaven and let your voice out. Somebody lay hands on somebody right next to you. Somebody's about to receive the Holy Ghost. Let your voice out. It's not going to make any sense, but it's the Holy Ghost. Don't fight it. Don't be scared of it. It's the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Let your voice out loud. It won't make any sense. Don't fear it. It's the Holy Ghost. Just let your voice out loud. There it goes. There it goes. In Jesus' name, there it is. In Jesus' name. That's it. Somebody lift your voice. Hallelujah, just let your voice out loud. Hallelujah. There you go, just let your voice out loud. Just let your voice out loud this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just let that out. It won't make any sense, but that's the Holy Ghost. It'll sound like baby talk because that's what it is. You're being born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of